Welcome to the Commonwealth Poetry Podcast. Where we celebrate poetry and the Commonwealth with people from across the Commonwealth. I'm Giles Brandreth. And I'm Afra Brandreth. We're a father and daughter based in London in the UK. But each week, online or in person, we're visiting a different Commonwealth country. And when we get there, we're going to talk about poetry with someone from that country who cares about poetry, knows about poetry, often writes their own poetry. And they're going to share with us two or three of their favourite poems. That's the idea. Where are we off to this week, Avra? The Maldives. Oh, when does the flight leave? Actually, Dad, we're going to the High Commission in London, where we're going to meet the High Commissioner. OK, before we set off, give us a flavour of the Maldives in just a minute. The Maldives lies in two rows of atolls in the Indian Ocean. The country is made up of 1,190 coral islands, formed around 26 natural ring-light-like atolls. 99% of the Maldives is sea. There are about 200 inhabited islands, mainly focusing on tourism and agriculture. The capital is Mali, the population is around 516,000, and Devahi is the national language of the Maldives, and it's been shaped by various languages, including Arabic, French, Portuguese, Persian and English. They joined the Commonwealth in 1982. On the 13th of October 2016, they withdrew and then rejoined on the 1st of February 2020. We're going to Nottingham Place in London to the High Commission of the Republic of the Maldives to meet Her Excellency Dr Farah Faisal. She served as High Commissioner of the Maldives back in 2009 to 2012 and when the government of the Maldives was overthrown in February 2012, that's when she resigned, but she came back again in November 2018. And as we're about to discover, she's not only the High Commissioner, she not only has a degree in international relations and a PhD in politics, she knows quite a bit about poetry. We're here with Dr. Farah Faisal from the Maldives. Tell us a little bit about about the Maldives and, and where it is in the world. Maldives is a small island developing state, but we like to consider ourselves a large ocean state because 99% of our territory is ocean. What? 99%? Absolutely. Goodness. So you're just <laughs> tiny, a little tiny few little islands in the middle of this 1,200 way. approximately. Maybe we can give you the figures later. And how do you stay close as a community if you've got a thousand islands? We've been there for over 2,000 years. We have a 2,000-year-old history Mm. that links us. We are seafarers. So we've been sailing up and down since then. That's how we keep our connections. And we have our own language, which is unique to the Maldives. Uh, We have our own uh, script, again, unique to the Maldives. So we've been uh, in indigenous population for over 2,000 years. And what's the history of the language? Is it bringing together languages from lots of different countries or it's completely um, unique in its own? Well, it has connections with Indo-Asian languages, but it's not close enough for us to understand any other language. So how many people in the world speak the Maldives language? Um, I would say, you know, that population is about 500,000, so that, that's it. We do have... Uh, uh, it's spoken as a dialect in a part of India, uh, cl- you know, one of the islands closer uh, in, in the Lakshadweep. But apart from that, it's only spoken in the Maldives. And is there one main island, which is the capital? That's right. Mali is is less than two square kilometres. It's our oh. capital. <laughs> now, you as a girl, where were you brought up and how did you discover 
words, language and poetry? I uh, was born in the Maldives and I spent my school, I did my schooling there. Um, uh, where poetry is concerned, um, both my grandparents actually are, are quite well-known uh, poets in the Maldives. Oh. So that's how I was introduced to poetry. And uh, because uh, the medium of instruction in school is English, unfortunately, I do all my writing in English rather than, which is quite sad, really. You know, it's not in the Divahi language. But your grandparents, tell us about them. Tell us what their names are and the kind of poetry they write. <laughs> well, um, my grandfather wrote a lot of, you know, poems that are based on nationalistic themes, you know, uh, patriotic themes. My grandmother more was more of a um, you know nature. She wrote about nature, but a wide range of things. Uh, uh, it was during that time when you know women started to write about poetry, and there's a there's a group of ladies who are pioneers in in uh, in our own poetry. And I would actually like to talk about one of them today, if Please. I may. Who do you want to talk about? Well, uh, uh, her name is Aminat Pfizer, and she is known as the Daisy uh, of Maldivian poetry. Because uh, at that time, the, the ladies, and these are the pioneers, because women didn't come to the forefront of writing poetry until then, uh, were named after uh, um, various uh, flowers. Uh, uh, so um, this lady was called Daisy or Dezima, as in Divahi in our language. And uh, she was born on, in 1924, and um, she passed away in 2011. And during her time, she has covered a whole range of, um, you know, themes from, again, um, you know, nation building, uh, um, about women, you know, gender equality, um, about nature. And um, one particular poem which I'm quite keen to talk about is one that she had composed in 1947. And if I could say it in my own language, it says, Princess Elizabeth basically means on the occasion of the wedding of Princess Elizabeth. Gosh, so this is a poem written in 1947 when Princess Elizabeth, later Queen Elizabeth II, um, married... Philip Mountbatten became Prince Philip, a Duke of Edinburgh. Absolutely. And this is a, a poem to celebrate that. Absolutely. And why would she have wanted to celebrate? Why would, would this event happening here in Great Britain have caught the imagination of this poet <laughs> I in think the two reasons. Uh, one, of course, Maldives was a British protectorate, even though it wasn't a colony. I have to specify the difference. Um, uh, it, this was a time soon after the Second World War. And uh, so uh, the, the, the British uh, uh, presence in the Indian Ocean was very much there. Um, of course, I think um, the Queen herself, uh, when she was young, was very, very well known in, in our region and well respected. So I think it, it, it's, it's just basically in, in, uh, people were following uh, her, if I could say that. And, you know, she, she, in her poem, she talks about that she's in spirit. She's there with her. And, and, and uh, she is presenting her with a garland to celebrate her marriage uh, in spirit. And that's the kind of theme she, she was writing about. Lovely. Now, what language are you going to read it in? I would like to read it in my language. We'd because love that. Maldivian poetry, if I could say that, is, is quite rigid. You know, so uh, it, it has a very rigid structure. So I'm not going to read the whole poem, but I'm just going to read a few, few, few of the lines. Europe gefoni hafla ruhi gotung hamagoslani. Murit vihata zamalung, harem mifoni amnalani. 
ہوفینگے تم فنفا اے منظر ادو خیالی دنیا تو فد افلے کے روہا ہی تنگ ہم لی بونی اڈو فل گے ہوری موریت کما بس فل گے علمی فشوئی کھنگ کھانڈو تنگ ہو رس کو بین تک ایو مونگ ہی تفین گیندنی ایو گت ہی تل لی بون افا منظر لولا نمے فین نکس ایو گت فین ودیا کم میں می ہکان نونی She basically goes on to say that, you know, um, she can see her smile uh, uh, um, and she can imagine how happy it would be, you know, in spirit. And she also talks about, um, you know, the, 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 the voice of, uh, well, Princess Elizabeth at the time uh, that they have, you know, probably heard on the radio. Uh, um, and uh, it's coming across the seas and, and lands uh, uh, to this part of the region. And oh. she is reveling in that, you know, she's enjoying that and, and celebrating. Well, it's that. very musical. <laughs> uh, you read it very well. It's heartbreaking that only 500,000 people in the world can appreciate it in the original language. <laughs> So when you were a girl, did you learn poetry by heart ever? Yes, uh, we did. Uh, um, we learned poetry by heart um, in Divehi, of course. But I, because the medium of instruction in school is English and we followed the uh, British syllabus, we also did um, uh, you know, English literature in school. So I also learned about um, Wordsworth and uh, Keats and <laughs> S.T. Coleridge uh, living in the Maldives and being brought up in the Maldives. And does that strike you now as being curious that you were being introduced to these English romantic poets? when you were living the other side of the world? I don't think it's strange because if we only studied in our own language, we won't be able to communicate with anyone else, you know, only among ourselves. So it's a, it's a natural thing for us to uh, have English as the medium of instruction in schools. And we still follow that even today. We do the GCSE syllabus and A-levels in the Maldives. So, uh, but it it is strange in one sense because when we talk about, you know, Uh, when she dwelt among the untrodden moors beneath the springs of Dove, these are things I have never seen until I actually came to the UK and visited the Lake District and possibly see where he, you know, Wordsworth lived and all that. I mean, when you grow up in the Maldives, you know, an island community with the beach, you know, next door to you, you don't realize what these are. So it's it's, it's not easy to imagine. So who are the in the Maldives? Who are the most well-known, would you say, Maldivian, is that, is that how you said, poets? Well, Faiza, uh, yeah. the lady I quoted, is one of them. Uh, but there, is, uh, there are, you know, I mean, the, traditionally, there's a gen- there was a gentleman called Abodfem Valgesi. Uh, he was a famous poem. Uh, Muhammad Jamil Didi, who, he, who and, and of course, uh, there are various others. And young generation as well. So the, nowadays, young people tend to move away from too much of the rigid structure. So we, we kind of see newer forms of poems coming into, uh, in, in, into the society. I'm not sure how much the people appreciate that, you know, it's still uh, open to debate, but we see that. Is it quite a conservative society, the way you say that? Uh, where the language is, yes. yes. Yes, very much. And so. people try to protect it and want it preserved. Yes, because, uh, um, uh, you know, it's, it's traditionally Maldivian in its language, which is, again, you know, with a unique script. So we have to do our bit to try and protect it. You say a unique script. You mean literally 
the, 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 the letters on the page will only read can only be read by Maldive people. Well, uh, uh, yes, uh, anybody who can uh, uh, read Tana, of course. If they, I mean, nowadays they have, there are uh, you know non-Maldivians who are able to speak and and and, and read Devahi. But uh, yes, in, in oh, amazing. Sense. So you have to have a computer that has this special script on it. That's brilliant. Uh, uh, we do actually. I think the, nowadays all the modern um, computers and phones have the script. Good. So it's your own alphabet, and you read not from left to right, but from right to left. That's correct. That's and right. this formal shape of the poem is it like a sort of sonnet where there's a structure to it? It's yeah. couplets. Uh, 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 you know, it's written in, in rhyming couplets. Yeah, rhyming couplets. Okay. Yeah. Whereas now the Insta poets are online and sending out sort of interesting messages that are and that I imagine the young people are the young people reading poetry I think so I, I, I think uh, you know um, uh, Maldivians have always been quite uh, uh, interested in music and you know I mean we don't have musical instruments you know much uh, apart from drumming but we have various forms of songs oh. from tradition you know so uh, I think that's very much part of us and the Maldives is now back within the Commonwealth uh, what for you is special about being part of the, the uh, modern Very important, yeah. I think, because A, it's a small country. Commonwealth is a family where we can sit with larger nations at around the same table as equals. You know, it, 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 you know it's a small enough, it's 54 members, so we can communicate, we can you know, do things together. So it has this very much a family atmosphere there. Secondly, of course, Commonwealth gives a small state a voice. There's quite a large number of small states in the Commonwealth, so they really amplify our voice and our concerns around the world, uh, um, and not just within the Commonwealth. And of course, the technical assistance, the scholarships, you know, all this helps. Are there other poems by her that you're aware of? Yes, I have a couple of poems. Well, maybe, maybe you should read us one more. We would love to hear another one. Okay, uh, um, this poem is called uh, um, The New Spirit of Maldivian Women. Because she wrote a lot about women and, and women's role. Uh, um, so I'm just going to read again a, a few lines and then uh, sort of talk about it. She talks about, you know, a new uh, wave of uh, um, uh, power and spirit among the women to try and, um, you know, raise the nation up uh, uh, and, and, and uh, um, build their support uh, to, to, for the nation. It's, 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 a, it's a very, um, uh, uh, you know, um, patriotic poem uh, in one sense. And they say that women from all around the islands, you know, all the islands, they 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 are trying to um, in, raise their spirits and 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 start, um, basically start walking or marching towards you know taking the nation forward. And do women have a big role in in the Maldives in in? kind of in government or in voices that are heard and, and movements there? Yes, I, I think Maldivian women are, you know, very strong women. And uh, even today, even in, in, in the world of diplomacy, I mean, we are 50-50 heads of mission. They are women. In, a, uh, in in um, China, in UK, in the US, uh, all the, amb the ambassadors are female. Good, well done. 
Well, look, we want to keep you here in the UK <laughs> as long as possible. They'll probably, they'll probably send you to Washington DC next, or to Beijing. So are you, are you interested in writing poetry as well? Is that something that maybe your grandparents inspired you to do? Uh, well, I do write a little bit. I, I won't call myself a poet, but I do enjoy writing poetry now and then. And I have uh, recited sometimes and, you know, got a little bit of publications here and there. But yes. I wow, this writing. is brilliant. And do you write in English or, or um, in the Maldivian language? Uh, sadly, not in Maldivian language. Uh, um, you know, Maldivian poetry is very rigid and I'm not very clever. It, it stick into uh, um, exact, uh, you know, this kind of rules. So um, my work mainly is in English. Give us an example of one of your published poems, please. <laughs> Um, this is uh, uh, something I wrote, uh, you know, in 2012, there was a, a overthrow of the government uh, and then it was a very difficult time for us because uh, it was a you know, demise of democracy in the Maldives. And uh, so uh, this is something I wrote um, during that time when we had a lot of protests going in the Maldives and uh, people were, uh, 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 the protests were being put down uh, quite brutally. So the, uh, this is, it's called Hearts of Stone. Um, we are persistence and your intolerance embodied in human form. Hastily, you whip up the hatred like the storm clouds during the monsoon. Gust after gust after gust, you come down on us. Like locust swarms flying a thousand miles across the sea, you engulf our nostrils, our eyes and our faces with pepper spray. And you laugh today, your hearts made of stone. Ours made of supple sponge, soft yet strong, absorbing, absolving. Our patience and our prayers are elastic. Ooh. Wow, that's powerful stuff. <laughs> our patience, our prayers are elastic. And was that published after the, uh, I mean, when democracy had been overthrown. Was it risky for you to publish that poem? This particular one wasn't published, but I recited it at uh, various events. Uh, you know, uh, South Bank Show was one of them. Yeah, very bold stuff. <laughs> and when when was democracy restored then? Um, uh, well, we had our elections in 2013. So that was when we, we had, our, uh, you know, uh, again, a, a proper elections. Good. And you're writing poetry still occasionally? Um, yes, when I have the time and I'm, you know, inspired. <laughs> yeah. But um, well, maybe these are happier times, so that you don't feel the need to to write poetry quite so much. That's true. Uh, um, uh, my work is so busy now. You know, it's difficult to even find time to do any anything else except work. Well, thank you for finding the time to see us and <laughs> joining the Commonwealth Poetry Podcast. Thank, thank you. you. Thank you very much. That's it for this podcast. Our thanks to Her Excellency Dr. Farah Faisal, who chose to read On the Occasion of the Wedding of Princess Elizabeth by Aminath Faiza, The New Spirit of Maldivian Women by Aminath Faiza, and Hearts of Stone by Farah Didi. Join us next time when we'll be in another Commonwealth country with more poetry from the Commonwealth. The Commonwealth Poetry Podcast is presented by Giles Brandreth and Afra Brandreth and produced by the University of Chester. A special thanks to them and to the Royal Commonwealth Society. And of course to you for listening.